Thank you all for coming. Like Chuck said, welcome to City Church, uh, Buena Park. We've been talking about being thankful this month, and to be honest with you, I, I, I didn't want to uh, teach on something that sounded so kind of cliche. Uh, it's, it's Thanksgiving, and, you know, of course, we're supposed to be thankful, and I thought, all right, you know, I want to be different, God. I want to I talk about something that, you know, really going to, you know, I don't know, shake it up or something, and I just felt like the Lord said, no, you need to, you need to teach on being thankful, and I, and I started to, as I started to even study and pray and listen to the Lord, I, I realized how much in my life that I, I'm not. And, and, and uh, last week we talked about uh, being thankful for our salvation. And I'm going to be honest with you, I have been a Christian uh, for many, many years. Uh, my mom led me to the Lord at five years old. And, and um, I, it wasn't really until my teenage years that I started to kind of grapple with that, I did have an experience, uh, kind of fifth grade at a camp, you know, where I felt like the presence of the Lord. Um, but it really wasn't until I was 18 years old, and I, um, I just felt the Lord speak to me. I, I can't tell you that I really hear God audibly, but it was a pretty clear voice, and I knew it wasn't, you know, mine in my head because it's not something I would say to myself. But I felt like the Lord said, you know, Matthew, you you need to you really get back involved in your church. Um, and just start serving and things like that. And I didn't, of course, it changed the course of my life. But I, I realized that even to just even recent times of how, how often I forget that I get, in these, I get in these dark places, and that's kind of what I, I shared last week. I get in these dark places in my life where, where you know, depression sets in, you know, where darkness kind of seems to, 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 you know, I'm only thinking about the negative things in my life. And I forget, as David said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. You know what? No matter what somebody does to me, no matter that I, we, maybe we don't have, you know, all the money in the world or, 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 you know, maybe work's not going well or, you know, whatever. Maybe there's issues in family and there's brokenness. And despite all of that, and all those things can be terrible and all those things can weigh you down. But the joy of our salvation, when I realized that, you know what, I have an eternity to think about. I have an eternity, you know, that Jesus has paid the price for. I was once in a place, as the Bible says, all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. I, I, I was once separated from the love of God. Now I am no longer separated from my creator. That is something to be joyful about, and that is something to give thanks for. And I don't do it often enough. And that's the one thing. It's that basis plate. And, I, and, and it's not, you know, I'm still, I still wrestle with things. I still, you know, I still battle uh, with, you know, just that, dark, like I said, that kind of cloud of darkness that just tries to come over and make me dwell on the, on the negative. So it's not like it's this foolproof and, oh, everything's great. And, and I wake up every morning feeling joyful. But it, it's a tool that I have when I start to go there. When I start to walk down that path and I, and I allow my mind, and as I told the story last week, you know, when I, when I was first married, you know, I kind of have a, a, a separation anxiety, you know, issues because I had a lot of people leave, leave me in, my, in my, my youth and in my childhood and stuff like that. And so my wife would leave and she'd just go out and be having fun with her friends or something like that. And, you know, if she said, I'm going to be home at 9 o'clock and 9.01 hit, 
all of a sudden, I was thinking the worst. I was thinking that she was on the side of the road uh, in a car accident, bleeding, dying, and, and what, you know, what I do. And by 9.30, I was already getting ready. Should I call the police? You know, should, what, you know, and I would just, my mind just goes there. You know, I, I guess I have a, a, an overactive imagination, but it, it, I hate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hate it because I go to these really, really dark places. And of course, you know, at 9.45, she comes strolling in all happy because she had a great night. And here I am sweating, phone in hand, you know, and, and thinking that I was getting ready to pull a search party together, Right. But I do that, and I don't know why I do that. I don't know why I always seem to go to these dark places. And, and, and there's these tools that I believe that God gives us. And the first one, the first kind of tool is being thankful for our salvation. And the, and the second tool that I think that you can use in your arsenal of, of combating depression and anxiety and, and of, like I said, just these dark thoughts that, that seem to overtake you and you, you kind of play them out in, in your head. That, you know, the second one is being thankful for what we already have. Being thankful for what we already have. I, I experienced this, you know, this, this lack of contentment. I'll use the word contentment, you know. I don't know about you, but, but I, I struggle with contentment, you know. Struggle with just being content. And, and one day I was, um, you know, I had come home. And, um, and some of you know, some of you don't know. My wife and I, we live with her parents. And they have this great house. It's four-bedroom and it's just the two of them, and, and they're retired, so, you know, it, it's definitely one where we're, we're kind of helping each other out, and we have, we have two daughters, and, and really there's plenty of room uh, for everyone, and even there's kind of a back portion of the house, which we live in, and then they kind of live in the front portion, and the kitchen kind of connects the both, so it, to be honest with you, we can even go with, sometimes without even seeing each other, um, and it's really a great, a great setup, but I'm still a guy, right? I'm still a man, and there's just still this thing inside of me that I want to provide for my family, right? I want to give my family the American dream. I want to give them everything that I feel like that they deserve. And, and I was having a, this pity party one day that I had come home, and I had walked in the house, and I was just like, Lord, when is my shit going to come in? When am I going to be able to make enough money? When am I going to be able to provide for my family and buy a home you know, here in Southern California. And by the way, I don't know if that's ever going to happen here in Southern California. <laughs> but the point being was I started to go there again. I started to walk down this road and I was, you know, Lord and this and that. And I'm complaining and, and, and you know, gosh, this is terrible. And, you know, I'm so, I'm living with my in-laws. You know, come on, Right? And I'm just, I'm, I'm going down that slippery slope, and I'm getting just more riled up, and I, I will not forget where I was standing. I was standing in the kitchen, and again, that, that kind of voice in my head that I knew wasn't mine, because I was already, my mind was already playing out this, you know, pity party, and, and, and I was, you know, drinking my own Kool-Aid, and... And so all of a sudden, I hear this, I, I hear literally in my head, it wasn't audible, but it was, it was very loud in my head. I heard, Matthew, do you not have a roof over your head? Do you not have food 
on your table for you and your family? Do your children not have clothes on their back? Do you not have a job, Matthew? Are you not satisfied for what I have given you? Are, you know, do, do you not appreciate the wife that I have given you, the, the, the two daughters that I have blessed you with? And can I tell you, I started to feel like a donkey's rear end at that moment because I realized that I wasn't dwelling on the right things. I was thinking about all the negative things and I wasn't thinking about all the positive things that I had already in my grasp. And I thought, how dare I? How dare I? How, you know, and I just felt, honestly, I was so humbled that I, I'm not going to lie. I went off and I just cried. Not sadness, you know, for myself or not sadness for lack, but literally I was humbled at that moment. And God, all he did was remind me. He didn't, you know, yell at me. He didn't, you know, he just simply asked me the questions that I only had one answer to. It was like, no, Lord, you have provided really everything that I've ever wanted. You know, everything I have, I have a great family. I have, you know, an amazing wife who literally I don't deserve. I have two beautiful daughters who just, they light up my life. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that my in-laws took us in and have been taking care of us and have been providing, you know, for us that Sheila and I could do this thing and plan a church and and be crazy and, and all this kind of stuff. I'm really, really am thankful. And I had to get off my own high horse And that was when I started finding contentment, contentment. And by the way, this doesn't mean that you still can't dream for things. This doesn't mean that you still can't believe. This doesn't mean that God still can't change your circumstances. But in that moment, though, I needed to be content with what God had already given me. Amen. Let's look at a story in the book of Matthew. If you have your Bibles with you, if you have your uh, your iPads, your phones, your, your Bible apps, Uh, Matthew chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15, verse 32. The story is Jesus feeds the 4,000, not to be confused with Jesus feeding the 5,000. We're actually going to look at Jesus feeding the 4,000, and I'm going to explain to you why this story and not the other one. Uh, I read, if, you're, if you have your Bible apps, I read out of the New Living Translation. It just, uh, it flows a little bit easier when I'm reading it aloud, uh, even though I do study in other versions, King James, uh, New King James and, and different things like that. But I will be reading out of the New Living Translation if you have that option. Matthew uh, chapter 15, starting in verse 32. Then Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry, or they will faint along the way. So let me tell you what's happening. Jesus is is teaching, right? Jesus is doing his ministry, and very often uh, what would happen is a crowd would follow Jesus, or they would find out where he was, or what town he was near, or, you know, things like that, and and you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people would come to hear Jesus' teaching. You know, it's pretty amazing that before uh, social media, right, Uh, before uh, television, before all these things that we use now to try to get the word out that we're having church, 
Here was Jesus, and all he did was just go around and teach, and it was word of mouth. It was kind of grassroots that when someone would go and hear his teaching, they would be like, you are not going to believe what we just heard. You're not going to believe what we just experienced. You're not going to believe what we saw. And just because of this word of mouth of, of what God was doing through his son, Jesus Christ, there would just be these crowds that would end up following them. And to be honest with you, it's what made the Pharisees, you know, start to get you know, their panties in a bunch, you know, get their nose bent out of shape and things like that. that who is this guy, right? Who is this guy? Verse 33, the, the disciples replied, uh, where would we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? Now, let me pause for a moment. Just a couple pages ago, right, Jesus fed the 5,000. The disciples had already been here before. They had already seen Jesus perform the miracle of, of the loaves and of the, the fish and things like that. You know, you guys all know the story from Sunday school. There's the little boy, and he's got the basket, and the little boy gives what he has, and Jesus multiplies it. And everybody, in fact, it says 5,000 people uh, plus, because there were women and children, and back then they only counted the men. So... There were way more than 5,000 people. Everyone ate. What happened? What happened from then to now that all of a sudden, and I believe this question, Jesus isn't asking because he needs an answer. It's kind of like a parent talking to a kid that already knows the answer, but's trying to prompt them to go, okay, I'm really believing you're going to give me the right answer. And he says, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days and they have nothing left to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry, you guys. What should we do, huh? You remember what we did last time? And they don't. They kind of look at each other and go, what should we do? What should we do? What should we do? How many of you have kids, especially young kids, right? And you kind of play that game with them, huh, guys? Remember what we did last time? And they're like, no, I don't remember. What, what did we do last time? What should we do? I don't know. And, they, you know. and they're kind of looking at each other, and they're looking at you, and you're going, uh, you know, and you're trying to prompt them and get them pulling out of them, and they still don't have it. So Jesus, in his great wisdom and humility, and Jesus says, Jesus asked in verse 34, well, how much bread do you have? Maybe this will spark your memory. They replied, well, we have seven loaves and a few small fish. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish. He thanked God for them, broke them into pieces, and gave them the disciples who distributed the food to the crowd. They must have been going, oh, yeah, this is, the, this is that mo the aha moment in the disciples as they're passing out. Oh, that's right, we've done this before, and here we go. You know what I mean? And as you notice, there, at this point, there's no argument from the disciples when Jesus says, go and do this. You know, there's no like, well, God, there's not enough or anything like that. I think that they're finally getting it. I think that they're finally going, oh, that's right, we're with Jesus. This is the kind of stuff that happens when we hang out with him. And it says in verse 37, they all ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were 4,000 men who were fed that day in addition to all the women and the children. Then Jesus sent the people home and he got into a boat and crossed over to the region of Magadan. What does this story have to do with contentment? What is contentment, right? Why is contentment something that we should you know, seek after? And I believe contentment 
is being grateful and being thankful for what we already have. I'll say that one more time. I believe contentment is truly being grateful and thankful for what we already have. We live in a culture where, you know, where commercials are, you know, where there's billboards and where everybody is, is telling you that you really won't find happiness until you buy their product, right? Right? You're not going to look as beautiful as you could unless you buy the certain type of shampoo or the certain type of makeup, right? You know, you're not going to be truly, truly happy. You're not going to find joy unless you go see this movie that's coming out because don't miss it. Everybody else is seeing it and you don't want to be left out of that, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of our culture. Our culture is constantly throwing things in front of you and saying, you're not happy until you have this, right? You're not happy. In fact, they're telling you you're not happy. We need to be going, oh, excuse me, I'm fine, I'm great. I'll go see your darn movie if I want to go see your darn movie. I'm content, right? Okay, I'll go see your movie, you know, because I choose to go see your movie, not because you're telling me I have to go, you know. But the point is, you guys, is we live in this culture that's, that, that, that's constantly dictating to us our joy and our happiness, and unless you have that thing, and that's what I had fallen into. I had fallen into what I believed was like the, they call it the American dream, right? You know, if I have the right job, if I have the right house, if I have the right car in the driveway, if I have all the right things, then I will be happy. Then I will be content. But the thing is, is that's not the kingdom of God. That's not what, what Christ, you know, tells us. So, so let me get a little bit more into the story. And, and what does this story have the, to do with contentment? You know, the, the next thing that Jesus, after he, he, he tries to work with his disciples and tries to pull out of them, and they obviously, they fail miserably, he goes ahead and just, you know, does what he does, and he, and he takes control. The next thing Jesus did was thank God for what they already had, right? He says, what do we have? What do we have? Let's start there. What do we have? He says, well, we have some bread and we have some fish. Okay. You take it. And the first thing Jesus does is he thanks God for it. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this. Because what had God already had done, even before they asked or needed, he had already provided for them, right? He had already provided. There was already bread there. There was already fish there. It wasn't like they had to turn rocks into bread, or it wasn't like they had to, you know, pray that, you know, a flock of, you know, crows, you know, I don't, I don't think of crows are a flock, but, you know. I was actually going to say flock of seagulls, but I, I felt like crows would be a little bit more Old Testament than, uh, but anyways, it, you know, it wasn't like they were, they were, I uh, think you, only Gary's with me right now, <laughs> but it, you know, God had all, the point is, is God had already provided for them. And, and Jesus acknowledged that by saying, God, thank you for what we already have. Because then, then that's where the miracle started. The miracle started with what had already been given to them. And once Jesus had acknowledged that and he had given thanks for that, then the miracle happened. Think about this for a second. Maybe God does want to perform miracles in your life. And maybe it's not like you think winning the lotto, right? And I'm not saying that winning the lotto wouldn't be bad, right? We all were, I, you know, let's be honest. We were all a little hopeful this last 
couple weeks when the lotto was up, we were all thinking like, my number and my ship just may come in. But the point was, is that do we believe enough in God that he could work with what we already have? That he could perform miracles and multiply what you already have? Think about this for a moment. Think about it. The next thing is then Jesus breaks up the food and he tells his disciples to start passing it out. This is where faith steps in, okay? Because just think about this scenario. If I was to walk up to you and I was to hand you a couple pieces of bread and there was thousands of people and I said, hey, start passing this out, you would look at me and you would say, Matthew, we're missing something. We don't have enough, right? I mean, our, our physical eyes would immediately say there's something wrong with this picture. But notice the disciples don't question Jesus. One, because they probably thought, wait a minute, we've been here before. We should have learned our lesson you know, already, and we're learning it right now. But then again, they step out in faith saying, okay, we are going to do and be obedient to what Jesus has said. We're going to start passing out the bread to everybody. And of course, you know, it's very quick. It's only a couple verses, but it says that they feed everyone. Everyone's fed. In fact, not only is everyone fed, there's plenty, there's, there's leftover, right? Everyone's sitting back. They ate as much as they wanted. Do you see what happens, you guys, when we trust in God? Do you see what happens when we are thankful for what we already have been given? And when we give it to God and we say, thank you for this, then he's able to say, okay, well, I got something to work with now. Now I'm going to ask you to step out in faith and now watch me. Watch me multiply this. Watch me perform miracles in your life. Watch me do amazing things. But it started with contentment. It started with acknowledging what they already had. So how can we achieve contentment? Because it's something I think we all battle with every single day, and it's something I know I struggle with, is this contentment, especially living in such a culture like I said, that is, that is constantly in your face telling you that you truly won't be content unless you have the, you know, next thing, the next latest and greatest, you know, iPhone or, or whatever. So here's the first thing. The first thing into achieving contentment is start by remembering what God has already done for you. Start by remembering what God has already done for you. And the one thing that he's already done for us, if you can't think of anything, is salvation. He saved you. He saved you from sin. He saved you from this world. He saved you from an eternity, you know, uh, away from him, an eternity of, uh, of, of torment. He, he saved you. Because he loves you, not because you deserved it or earned it or, or not because there's anything you're ever going to do, but simply because he loves you. Start by remembering the things that you already have in your life. This is why, this is why we have certain you know, ceremonies that we do. This is why we have certain days that we remember. This is why we celebrate days like you know, Veterans Day. So that we don't forget because we are people who easily forget, right? We so easily forget what, what either God has done for us or people in the past have done for us. And we become, you know, so discontent and we walk around and, and we throw pity parties for ourselves and we whine and we complain. But yet if we would just take a moment to remember 
That's why there are so many things in the Bible where God says, remember, you know, set up, get these stones and put together and remember what I did. Remember that I freed you from Egypt. You know, remember the miracle that I performed. I, I, I submit to you. I encourage you. I, I would say to you, you know, find the big things in your life or maybe even the small things or whatever where you saw God perform a miracle in your life and somehow do something to mark a memorial to that so that you don't forget, that you don't forget that, yes, that was the moment where it looked bleak, where it looked dark, and God came in and provided for us or God came in and performed a miracle or, you know, whatever it is. Don't forget. That's why... You know, some people, they, they call their, you know, the day that they accepted Jesus into their heart, they kind of call it a second birthday. And some people have certificates and, you know, just simply to remember, simply to remember because we so easily forget. The second thing, how to achieve contentment is, is be thankful for what you already have. You know, you guys have heard the expression, count your blessings, right? Count your blessings. I... Probably something I heard my grandparents tell me. Count your blessings. You know what I mean? Be thankful. You know, all that kind of stuff. But literally, go down and make yourself a list if you have to. What are the things that you are thankful for? And to be honest with you, they're, they're probably right around you or there's probably things that are, you know, so close to you that just because they've become commonplace in your life, you have forgotten that it is a blessing from God. And I had done that. I was under the roof you know, and I was, and I had no longer was I thankful for it. You know what I mean? I, I was eating food that I was no longer thankful for. I was, I was complaining, and I was, you know, when God, when God's saying, Matthew, it could be taken away from you, you know, and not that He would do that, but the whole point is, is that there are people who who don't have those things, and I have these things just because it doesn't look how I think it should look. Number three, uh, be obedient to God's commands. Be obedient, you guys. God, I'm just going to be honest with you, and I know this isn't popular, but God wants your obedience. God wants your obedience not to shame you, not to put you in your place, or not to make you feel like, you know, you're some mess up or failure or anything like that. No, no, that's not the point. He, he wants your obedience because he, what, what does he want to be able to do? Perform miracles in your life, right? The, 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 the disciples had to be obedient to what Jesus said so that they could see the miracle. Because if they hadn't, they wouldn't have seen the miracle. And we're all believing for things, right? We're all hoping for things. We're all, I, I, I'm pretty sure we can go around the entire room and every one of us would have something that we're hoping for, that we're believing for, that, that you know, where we're all kind of at right now, that this isn't quite the finish line yet. And we all, we're all, you know, expecting something more. Well, listen, if you're expecting, then be ready to be obedient to God's word and be ready to step out in faith. And so ask yourself, what are those areas that God's asking you to be obedient in if you want to see miracles in your life? And here's the last thing. Last thing of achieving contentment is remember to be thankful to God in the times of plenty. Remember, this is what Thanksgiving's all about, you guys. This is, I, I talked a little bit about the history of Thanksgiving, you know, uh, uh, last week. And the history behind it is actually, you know, our forefathers, George Washington, and then Abraham Lincoln was, the, you know, the one who kind of brought it back. But it was a day to remember what God had provided for them, that God had blessed them. And, of course, you know, it goes all the way back into the pilgrims and, and things like that. But the point of it, the point of it was that it is to bring our attention back to God where everything had come from. Let's remember. 
Let's remember. And, and, and even in the time of when everything's great. You know, you might, be, you might be one of those people. You know, everything's great. Everything's wonderful. You know what I mean? We have an abundance. Wow, it's just great. Well, then good. Be thankful. Be thankful. You know, I, I, I used to, I, I don't know why, but, you know, when your parents or even my grandparents would say this too, but, you know, when you wouldn't finish your meal, you know, you wouldn't, you know, you know, there's children starving in, you know, China or Africa or something. There's was, there was kids starving somewhere. You know what I mean? And I wasn't grateful, you know, so I wouldn't finish my food. And I remember I get so, you know, ticked off at that. Like, I don't, I'm not hungry, right? But there was a point behind it. There was a point that, you know, in every opportunity when there is, there's plenty in front of me, when there is a bounty in front of me, when, when God's blessings are, are, are just overflowing, that I would just give thanks for it. You know, that I would give thanks. Obviously, I'm not going to stuff myself to where I, but there's one more, there's one more thing that I, I want to be thankful for today. And it's, it's super important. And it goes along with our theme of being thankful for what we already have. Thankful for what's already been done for us. And we're celebrating Veterans Day uh, tomorrow, I think officially, right? Tomorrow's Veterans Day. Today is today? Oh, thank you. Tomorrow they, they have off. Tomorrow we, we the government, on, I got it, thank you. But today we celebrate, uh, and tomorrow we honor it, but today we celebrate our veterans. And there's a reason, you guys, why, why we do this. It's so that we don't forget it's so that we don't forget, and we don't forget the blessings of the people we have around us that, that are here, or those that we don't have anymore that have sacrificed their lives for us. I love this scripture in John 15, 13. It says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. There is no greater love, John 15, 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life one's friend. It's what Jesus did. So if we want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and hear brave women and men have put their lives on the line for us and we honor them and we remember them and we thank them and we're thankful to God for them, right? So uh, I would like to ask if you are a veteran, if you have served in one of our branches, uh, if you would please stand, uh, because we would like to uh, honor you. We would like to acknowledge you. I know this is hard. I know I've, every veteran I meet, they hate this, but would you guys just please stand so that we can thank you. Thank you. Uh, stay, stay standing only because we have something for you. Renee's, uh, Renee's going to come around and... Uh, I think I just see three, and then don't forget Mike in the back, but Renee right here, Casey, and then Greg, Greg down here in front. We got a pin, we got a pin for you. Just, it's a very, very small, small, small token of our appreciation, of our thankfulness, and Mike stands way in the back. Mike, just wave your hand so they know that Mike served in the Army. Thank you, Mike. Uh, I, all, all of my military friends, they hate that. <laughs> they, they, of course, uh, they're honored that we would thank them and honor them, but they hate being pointed out and stuff like that. But I still think that it's, it's proper that we acknowledge them, that we remember what they did, that we remember the sacrifice, um, uh, and that they were willing to uh, 
uh, die for it, for you, for me. So, you guys, this Thanksgiving, let's not just, let's just not make it about a holiday and, and just about food and stuff like that, but let it set a tone for our entire year of, of the attitude that we should have, uh, of the remembrance of things, of remembering that even in the good times, you guys, I, I know there's a lot of um, turmoil in our world right now. I know there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of stuff going on, and you know you can turn the news on and it can get really dark, but we still live in a land of plenty, okay? You may not feel like it, but I've gone to other countries, and I've seen what um, devastation and, and lack looks like. Uh, I've seen when, what it looks like when, when somebody has gone days, if not weeks, without food. Uh, and it's awful, and it's heart-wrenching, and we still live in a, in a country um, of, of plenty. We still live in a place, and so let's just be thankful for it. And, and one of the ways that we can show our, our thankfulness is just by loving each other, uh, by uh, being united as one, by, by giving, um, and as our veterans have shown, by being willing even to lay down uh, their own life for us, the greatest act of love um, that one could ever, ever show. So can I pray as we close out our, our service today? Father God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for what you've already provided for us. Thank you for our families. Thank you for friends and a church, Lord God, and thank you for a country that we can freely worship you. Lord, may we never, ever, ever forget what you have done. And Lord, believing that there's still more you want to do in our lives, but it starts with what we have, and it starts with being grateful for that. And Father, we are thankful for the gift of salvation, the gift of forgiveness of sin, for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who was freely given, who, who freely died on a cross, who conquered death, who rose again for us, I would just ask if there's anyone in this room and you said, you know what, I, I've never really received that free gift. I've, I've really never asked Jesus Christ into my life. I've really, I've really never, you know, been honest with myself and, and, and asked him to forgive me of my sins. And you would like to do that this morning. You would like to do that right now. And you would say, you know what, I'm not going to go another moment. I'm not going to go another moment. If you just simply look at me, simply even if you want to just kind of Slip up your hand just so that I can see and we can acknowledge that together because the Bible says this. The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. There's no works that you have to do. There's, there's no special thing you, you, know, you have to say or anything like that. It's just believing. It's just believing. It's called faith. That's why it's called faith. So Lord, I just pray that we would invite you into our lives this morning out of faith, out of believing, Jesus, that you did that, that you loved us so much that you laid down your life for us. The ultimate act of love. And Lord, I also pray healing. I just, I don't know why, but I just, there's kind of something heavy on my heart. I'm just sensing someone is just really hurting this morning. I don't know what's happened. I don't know 
who's hurt you, that God sees you, he loves you, he wants to heal your heart, you have to trust him. So Father God, I just pray healing right now in our hearts, or healing in our minds, healing from people who've disappointed us, who've hurt us. And Lord, I thank, thank you so much that it's just offered so freely, Lord, that there's, again, nothing we have to say or do. Lord, thank you for this time, Lord, just your, your presence here with us. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.